This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. It is now 4.06, and welcome to the show. Look at that. Phone line's already open. We are ready for your calls. Bring them on. You have questions about your employment, your boss, anything under the rather large topic of employment, and uh, pretty much three-quarters of your life spent in the office or on the job site. Uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Want to send along an email. In fact, we've had so many emails piling up over the last couple of weeks that we're going to get to a ton of those today. That will be the uh, the main focus to send one in and along. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Again, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll give uh, Lior's contact information throughout the show if you want to reach out uh, when the show is not on the air. And uh, we'll talk to, uh, and get to something called the Pocket Employment Lawyer here in just a bit. First, pal, you want to talk about uh, the week that was. What do you got uh, going on on your side? Yeah, always something going on, John. Always uh, mm-hmm. trying to stay out of trouble. But uh, I'm really happy to be back here. I'm really happy to be talking about employment law and uh, hopefully take the opportunity that we're here till 5 o'clock today to answer as many questions as possible. And, you know, maybe uh, maybe the work wasn't perfect. As you were getting, you know, ready for the holidays around the corner, maybe you're worried about your job coming up, uh, you know, next year. Maybe there's a restructuring going on. Or maybe your boss told you that, you know what, come January, we're going to change your job. Your responsibilities are going to change. You want to know what that means, if they could do that, what your rights are. That and many more things you can ask. Call us right now. Take advantage of that, that we're here to solve those problems and answer those questions. Employment law, workplace rights, that's what this show is all about. And, of course, as John said, if you have questions but you don't feel like getting on air, not a problem. Throughout the show, we'll give you my contact information so we can talk privately, off air. There's no bad questions. Uh, I encourage everyone to call, to email with those questions, with those problems. And I can almost guarantee you that I can make you at least feel better because employment law, workplace rights here in BC, they're quite extensive. They're quite good. They protect you. But you just need to know what they are, and that's my job. And back to the week there was, a couple of situations that came across my desk just over the past few days. First one, John, I spoke with a gentleman who uh, worked for a number of years as a forklift uh, driver. Unfortunately, very recently, he got into a bit of an accident uh, in the workplace. He, he mm-hmm. made a mistake. Uh, he dropped a load and, and caused some, some damage. His fault, his mistake, you know, we're all human. Well, what happened is employer got upset, uh, as I would understand. He was not fired or anything like that, but his employer said, well, you know, you've caused damage. This is, you know, about $1,000 worth of damage or $1,500. We're going to be taking that off your paycheck. And uh, this person said no and said, well, too bad. We're doing it anyway. Well, he did the right thing and he called me. And he went to know, can they take this off my check? My, my check, $1,000. Actually, there was more than 1000 That's a lot of money. So mm-hmm. here's the thing, John. I, I, it was important for him to speak to me, and it's important that we speak about this right now on the air because it's illegal. It's illegal for the employer to deduct from your paycheck. Even if you owe the employer money, even if you caused damage, they cannot deduct from your paycheck, at least without your written consent. It's a breach of the Employment Standards Act for the employer to deduct anything from your pay unless you've specifically consented to it. They may feel that you owe the money. They may feel that it's justified. It does not matter. So that's issue number one. Issue number two, and I think a lot of people are going to be very surprised by this, is even though this employee caused the damage, it was his fault, the employer actually doesn't even have the right 
to recover, to insist that he pay them back. Right. An employee is allowed to make mistakes. As long as there are mistakes done in the course of the employment and it's not done in bad faith, in other words, he wasn't doing it on purpose, it's expected that some mistakes will happen and those mistakes, the losses from those, are the responsibility of the employer. The employer cannot make the employee pay for the losses that the employee supposedly caused. Now, this is true for this particular situation I just told you about with the forklift driver, but it's true in many situations. I've spoken in the past with, let's say, waiters or waitresses who maybe they've broken some plates or some glasses and their employer wants to make them pay for it. Can't do that. Spoken with truck drivers where some damage was caused to the truck and their employer wanted them to pay for it. Again, can't do that. The employer cannot require you to do that. If they try to do, there's various consequences that can happen. So I wanted to remind everyone, employees and employers, Number one, your employer cannot make you pay for losses that you cause as long as it's done in the course of employment, as long as they're not done in bad faith. That's number one. And number two, as I've said, either way, an employer cannot deduct something from your check unless you've consented. I know that a few years ago you had a similar incident where the guy was in a forklift. He dropped a pallet of, of full of some sort of product, and they took it one step further. And they fired the guy. Now, that, along the same lines as this, not only can't make you pay for it, that's not cause for dismissal at that point, is it? It's not. It absolutely no. isn't because, you know, it's difficult to terminate someone for cause. And, you know, one kind of incident, even though you've made a mistake, is not ever going to be just cause for termination. Remember, you... you are deserving of severance unless you did something really terrible, really awful, something that cannot be fixed in any way, shape, or form. And that wasn't the case. So this situation, he wasn't terminated. If he was terminated, he would have been owed his full severance. But beyond that, the employer simply was not allowed to deduct anything from his check. It is at 12 minutes after 4. Lots of time for you to call in here and to ask your questions on the show, 604-280-9898. Lots of stuff coming up. We'll get into the email box. As you mentioned, or as Lior mentioned, you want to reach out off air. That uh, That is just as simple, 604-283-3123 to reach Lior and a member of the team at the firm. Uh, what else uh, What else you got happening? I spoke with another gentleman. He had worked for the same company as a salesperson uh, on commission, 100% commission, been doing it for uh, almost 20 years and was earning really good income, you know, over $170,000 a year. Uh, commissions, you know, establishes territory there, uh, was very happy with his job, was hoping to retire there. Well, unfortunately, uh, very recently, a few weeks ago, he uh, got called into a meeting and said, we're restructuring, we're realigning uh, the, the, uh, the, the various divisions. And as a result of that, we're not going to need you. So we're going to let you go and we're giving you two months notice. And I, I spoke with this person and I said, well, wait a second. Are they saying they're going to give you two months notice after 20 years? That They can't be that clueless. I said, well, <laughs> they said that because I'm an independent contractor, that's all I get. So, John, for 20 years, this person working as a salesperson, making all this income, was on paper, quote-unquote, an independent contractor. He even signed agreements with them over the years saying he is an independent contractor. Well, I'm hoping that our regular listeners by now are shaking their head and saying, no, 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 he was not an independent contractor. Of course he was not. It's not even close. He had a regular job. He worked there for 20 years. He worked full-time for them. He was an employee. It doesn't matter what they called him. It doesn't matter what he signed. And uh, because of that, that now they've terminated someone 
that's an employee after 20 years of service. The guy was 58 years old. Guess what? He's owed about 18 months pay, and we have resolved it earlier this week for right around $200,000. Wow. And, and I am not telling you this to, to show that I'm great. I'm telling you this because this is actually a very common situation. Individuals being misclassified. Individuals being treated as something that they're not. We have listeners right now, John, I guarantee you, that I've been working probably for years, quote-unquote, as independent contractor. And I'm doing the, the air quote uh, sign mm-hmm. here. I know. But they're really employees. They really are in the eyes of the law employees, which means they have a, an entire host of rights and particularly the right to get full severance when their employment comes to an end. In this situation, salesperson, 20 years of service. As soon as I heard 20 years of service, I didn't need to hear anything else. He was an employee. We resolved it on that basis. So if you're ever in that situation, if you lose your job and you're, the company that you work for says, well, we're not going to pay you severance because you're not an employee. Uh-uh. You probably are an employee. You really need to give me a call. You know, and that'll uh, that'll get me nicely into this one. And uh, you know, if you're thinking about it now, going, God, you know, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. I'm not sure. There's another way to uh, to find out on top of calling you in the first place, and that is go to PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca, right? PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca, a tool that I created. I created this tool to allow anyone to get information about their legal rights, to allow them to get an assessment of their legal situation when it comes to employment law. So when you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, number one, you're gonna be able to, if you want to calculate how much severance you're owed. So the first place you go to, if you're staring at a severance letter, you wanna know how much you're owed, you wanna know how much more the company should be paying, you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But beyond that, if you wanna find out if you're an employee or an independent contractor, like we were just talking about, if you wanna find out if the company had just cause to let you go, If you Mm -hmm. want to find out, in fact, if you've been constructively dismissed, maybe you've gone through a change to the terms of your employment and you want to know, is that legal? You can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Maybe you're dealing with harassment or a human rights issue or more. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's like having your own lawyer with you for free in your pocket at all times. So it's easy to use. It doesn't cost anything. It takes seconds. I created it to allow everyone to have a mini version of me, if you will, with them at all time. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the very first place you go to if you have an employment law issue, even before you call me, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You bet. Employment Law Show. We're right back at it here at uh, 19 minutes after 4. We'd love you to join us. This is a live call-in show, of course, 604-280-9898. You have questions about your job, your employment, your work life. This is the uh, the forum and the place you want to start getting some answers anyway. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Don't be bashful. Bring it on. There is no dumb questions, but there's also interesting answers as well, so we'll get to those. You want to send along an email as we start to machete our way through that pile that is help at employmentlawyer.ca to send an email along Lior first one up is uh fred big fred says uh, my employer found out that i was looking for another job uh, i was fired on the spot and on top of that i have not been paid any severance am i owed anything actually it's interesting that we got this email from fred I actually uh, had another correspondence earlier this week with the person with the exact same situation and, and that happens right you, yeah. you know, some of us sometimes may say you know we want to maybe we want to leave but sometimes we're just curious you know let's see is there another opportunity can i make more money somewhere else so right. maybe we spend some time on our computer looking for another job maybe you know we're we're talking to people about an opportunity when what happens if that gets to our employer so so that's a very good question by by fred 
here's the bottom line, is the fact that you were looking for another job does not does not amount to something you can be disciplined for. In other words, you actually haven't done anything wrong. It's not a form of workplace misconduct to look for another job. Now, listen, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to make your employer happy, obvious, but that does not mean they can discipline you, and it certainly does not mean that they could terminate your employment for cause. So, Fred, if you were let go for cause and you have been pay- haven't been paid anything, that's a wrongful dismissal if there ever was one. Not even a question that you're owed severance. Uh, the fact that your employer is not happy means, yeah, they can let you go if they want. They can let you go, but that would be a termination without cause, which means, yes, your employer would have to pay you your full severance, no discount, nothing. The fact that they're unhappy, the fact that they may think, well, now I don't know if I can trust you, that's on them. They cannot avoid paying you severance. So, Fred, you've been wrongfully dismissed. Time now for you and I to get on the phone, to have a chat, and for me to help you get what you're owed. And for everyone else out there, if you are caught, so to speak, looking for another job, remember, that is not something you could be disciplined for. What if the uh, employer argues, well, you know, you were doing it on company computers, so on and so forth. It's a misuse of our uh, of our equipment, say. Would, would that hold any water whatsoever? That That is getting us closer. What I mean by that is it's not even about what you were doing. It's the fact that you were doing something that's not work-related on company time. And yes, a company does have the right to expect an employee during mm. during business hours to work for the company, to do what they get paid for. But that rule can't be completely absolute. It's not very reasonable to say, well, you're expected not to log on to uh, your email account, your personal email account, or not, or not to check your Facebook account at all. Now, if an employer has policy saying you're not allowed to do anything on a work computer unless it's work-related, they have to have a written policy. The employee have to, has to know about that. If there's no written policy, yes, the employee is still expected to do something to, to do work related uh, activities, but they're allowed to spend some time doing other things as well. You know, we, we're all human. We're all yeah, can can you know spend some time reading uh, a, a magazine or a paper online or or what have you. That said, even in a situation where the employee take, takes advantage and spends more time uh, doing stuff that's not work related than they should be, that does not mean they can be let go. Remember, it's very difficult to let someone go for cause. The company yeah. could say, well, I'm going to give you a warning, perhaps even in some situations give you a suspension, and then if he, the, the employee keeps doing it and keeps doing it, yeah, sure, at some point the company can say, enough is enough, we're going to let you go, but they can't just go from, from nothing to a termination for cause just because the employee did something wrong one time. Again, the number six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. Do you have any questions in that regard, or anything else about uh, severance or your job? You just wondered something. Maybe a friend uh, has been, you know, tapping you on the shoulder, saying, "Hey, can you ask this question for me?" Feel free to call us. It's a, a live call-in show here at, uh, at four twenty-three. Next email comes from Rob. Rob says, "Can I be fired after eight months of working at a job after they falsely accuse me of something I didn't do? I was only given one week's notice." Well. Can you be be let go? Can you be fired? Yes. Yes, you can. Because remember the general rule, an employer can let you go for any reason as long as they pay you severance. So if he gets paid his full severance, yeah, they can let him go even though the reason is not legitimate, even though the reason is false, because they actually don't even need a reason. They can simply say, we have no reason. We feel like it. 
The real question in this situation is, is he owed severance or, or how much severance he's owed? If he was given a week's notice, that's nonsense. Based on his age, his position, and the length of his employment, he's going to be owed several months' notice. Why do I say that? Because even more junior employees, even if people that have worked for a short period of time, usually the starting point for severance is two or three months. Okay, yeah. So rarely does anyone get less than two or three months severance, okay? And most people get a heck of a lot more than that. So yes, you can be let go, but you cannot be let go for cause if you didn't do something wrong. He said he was falsely accused, so that right off the bat means he cannot be let go for cause, so it's a question of severance. So what does he do? He goes to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to find out if the company had cause to let him go and to find out how much severance he's actually owed, and then he gets on the phone, he calls me, and I'll help him get everything he's owed. That is the pattern you use. Again, 604-280-9898 to call into the show for the remainder of the time here. We'd love to talk to you. Outside of show hours, you can contact Lior and uh, his team. 604-283-3123. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. As we get some calls lined up here, going to move on to, uh, to Ben, who just emailed. says, um, I quit my job, Lior, because my employer never paid me for statutory holidays and also refused to pay overtime. I asked for payment many times, and he always promised that he would pay, but no shock, he never did. Is there something I can do to get the money owing? Yeah. Well, first of all, of course, if you're owed statutory holiday pay, if you're owed overtime, your employer has to pay it. And uh, if he doesn't pay it, yes, you can You can go to the employment standards branch, you can take legal action, and those are not difficult, and you can easily get that. But there's a more important issue here, John, and that is the fact that if his employer doesn't pay him for what the employer owes that's a breach of the terms of employment. The employer has breached the deal, the deal being he gets paid what he's owed. Therefore, he could treat that as a constructive dismissal. So it's not just about the overtime and the statutory holiday pay that the person's owed. It's also about severance. If you quit because your employer doesn't pay you something that your employer owes you, you can treat that as a termination. It's not a resignation. You can get severance. So not only is this person owed the money that they're they're owed, they're owed severance as well. So I want you to reach out to me. I want you to call me. If your employer doesn't pay you something that they should be paying you, you may have the right to treat that as a termination. They should get on this rather quickly, though, should they not? Don't sit oh, on Oh, absolutely. It. Uh, no. Time is no. not on your side when it comes to these types of things. You want to get on it. You want to make sure that your your rights are enforced as soon as possible. Again, 604-280-9898 is the number. Kay, thank you for uh, for hanging on for a couple minutes. How are you this afternoon? Oh, I'm, I'm well. Good afternoon. Uh, I'm an employer, and I have recently hired um, permanent full-time uh, an employee that was previously doing contract work for my company. And uh, this employee, uh, even during doing contract work, did have a pattern of, um, you know, coming in late, leaving early, whatnot, whatnot. Uh, However, I did decide to hire this employee full-time, but I included in the employment contract a six-month probationary period because I do anticipate that these habits will continue, and I want to make sure as an employer, I am protected if I decide to let this person go within the six months. Right. So, so Kay, 
obviously the, the devil's in the details here, and I'm going to give you a short answer. Perhaps I'll ask you then to, to stay on the, uh, on the line because I want to come back to it after the break that we have to take. But here's the thing. Your employment agreement is extremely important here. The language in the employment agreement is what protects you as the employer. To simply say that, hey, you're on probation for six months may not be enough to give you the flexibility to let him go without little consequence. So here's what I want to do. We're going to take a short break. Now we have to uh, have some news come up. But please stay on the line. We'll talk more about it, and I'll give you some more thoughts as to what to do when we come back. Way to go. Thank you. Uh, Kay, thank you so much for hanging on there uh, through the break. Though. Let's get you some answers, okay? Okay, so you were asking us about an, uh, an employee that you hired that you, you have some concerns about. He's done some contract work for you, and you want to make sure that you give yourself some time to evaluate this employee and, and potentially give yourself an out uh, if things don't work out. So here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to have an employment agreement simply saying, hey, you're on probation for six months, because if that's all it says, then it doesn't answer the question, what happens if you're not happy with him during the probationary period? It's not automatic that you can just let him go with little consequence. So what you do instead is you have language saying that if we let you go in the first six months, we will only pay you the minimum amounts required by the Employment Standards Act. What that means is that if you let him go in the first three months, you actually don't have to pay him anything. If you let him go between month three and month six, you would have to only pay him one week's pay, which is the minimum amount. If you don't have language like that, even if you call him on probation and you let him go, he could still be owed a few months pay. So you have to have a written employment agreement and it needs to do two things. Say that he's on probation and limit his entitlements during that period. Mm. If you if you want the specific language, and, and there's other language that's important to have in an employment agreement, happy to talk to you, happy to, to prepare it for you if you'd like me to, but generally that's the language you want to have, Kay. Okay, that's, that's exactly the answer I was looking for. So the definition of a probationary period can be vague if the language isn't there. Exactly. First yeah. of all, no one's on probation automatically. But the mm-hmm. fact that he's on probation, even if it says on probation, it does not automatically mean that you can just let him go without paying him mm-hmm. anything. So even more important than calling him probation is to have that language that specifically says, what happens if I let you go? How much am I going to owe you? Mm-hmm. So if you need to have that language. In fact, if you have that language, you don't even need to say probation. You need to have language that limits his entitlements if that's what you want to do. And that's the protection that you need to have so that you can decide whether... And by the way, if you have proper language, you can decide to let him go three years later. It doesn't matter. And your your exposure is still going to be minimal. So you, we need to have, or you need to have really good language there, especially if you have, yeah. we've had concerns about this employee or this person in the past. So happy to talk to you, happy to provide you with uh, the, the document that you need to have, but especially if, because there's concerns, I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't have them just start without a proper employment agreement in place. Okay. And just to confirm, sir, the employment standards is three months. The Employment Standards Act says that there's only a three-month period during which you can let someone go without any compensation, but that's not automatic. You only get to take advantage of that three-month period if your employment agreement specifically says that that's what you're doing. Okay. Thank you. You're very informative. I, I enjoy your show. Thank you. Thanks, Kay. 
That's wonderful, Kay. We appreciate you uh, holding on and calling in as well. If you want to reach out, which I'm sure you will after the show sometime, maybe early this week with Lior. I'm going to give you that information, Kay. It's 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. You still have plenty of time, though, to call in and ask your questions like Kay did. That's how you, you just get it going, man. You get some answers and get off on the right foot. Uh, especially if you're just starting out a new job, just hiring people, or you've been on the job for 35 years. Doesn't matter. Give us a call and uh, and get some answers. Uh, emails. Next one up here is TJ says, I got into a, an argument with my boss and was fired on the spot with no compensation. I've always been a good employee and have worked for the company for five years. Can I get my job back? Well, the, the, the short answer to the question is no. And what I mean by that is, for most people, except for some federally regulated employees, but for most people, there's no mechanism to get your job back. So if the company takes you back, it's really out of you know the goodness of their heart because they've decided to do it, not because we can make them. So it's probably a non-starter in terms of getting your job back. But what's more important or, or, or potentially equally important, I would say, is the fact that Given that you got into an argument, you were let go, that does not mean that that's cause for termination. We talked before on the show about how difficult it is to terminate someone for cause. And yeah, maybe getting into an argument with your boss is not a good thing. I'm not suggesting that you you should be, be doing that. But the fact that you did does not mean that you're deserving of the worst penalty. Does not mean that you can just be let go without any compensation. Therefore, it's very likely that in this situation you're owed your full compensation, your full severance. And if you don't get it, that's a wrongful dismissal. So whereas we may not be able to get your job back, uh, we probably can, and we very likely can actually, get you your full severance. But here's something that I've had happen a few times. So I tell you, you don't get, you can't get your job back. So what mm-hmm. I do in these situations, I would write to the company. I would say, hey, I've been retained by this person. They're owed all this severance. Company gets that letter and says, holy cow, didn't realize I have to pay him all this severance. You know what? Let's, let's hire him back. Yeah. So you actually may be able to get your job back. We can't make the company, but once the company realizes how much they actually have to pay you, they may want you to come back so that they can avoid paying that severance. If that's what you want, we can certainly try to do it. But that, John, just another example. It's why it's so important to get advice, to, to explore all your options because, uh, you know, in some situations, yeah, you could get your job back. I think a, a savvy employer at that point, after bringing you back, would at least attempt to get you a uh, to sign a, a new employment agreement to hopefully you know stop the leak if it ever happens again <laughs> because they just saw what they could potentially owe you. But that again is a whole thing that opens up a different can of worms for the employer, right? Right, and and I, I wouldn't let any of my clients just show up one day and sign a new employment agreement. And you know the reason for that, I was talking to Kay before, and I told Kay how important it is for her as an employer. To, right. to have an employee sign an employment agreement, but let's take our employer hat off and put our employee hat on for an employee. You would much, much, much rather never have to sign an employment agreement. You would much rather work on a handshake or on an email agreement. You don't want to yeah. have an employment agreement because an employment agreement, a written employment agreement, can have many terms that limit your entitlements, many terms that can cost you significant amounts of money. So an employer, yes, always want to have an, an employee sign an employment agreement. An employee, if you can avoid it, avoid it. And I've seen situations, John, where I've had individuals contact me and they were the ones chasing their employer 
to get an employment agreement. And I'm saying, what are you doing? Don't do that. Please, please don't do that. Tell your employer, no, no, you, you were confused. You don't want an employment agreement. You're just fine. An employment agreement is good for the employer, not necessarily, very often, not good for the employee. Well, I mean, it's funny because you can't blame them because it's counterintuitive. You know, you, you you buy a new car, you want a in-depth lease agreement or a purchase agreement. You know, you get married, you get a marriage certificate, you get a mortgage, you get all that paperwork. You want a ton of paperwork. This is the one time where you said you're just like a, hey, high five, good, glad I'm working for you. And that's it because it's so much better for you as an employee. You're absolutely right. And even myself as a lawyer, it took me a while before I was comfortable saying that, but that's so true. And, and the reason why it's true is I talked right at the beginning of the show about the fact that there's a lot of employment laws and a lot, a lot of workplace protections that exist that protect employees. And those rights, they're there. They're there whether you know them, whether you are, you, you, you're aware of them or not. They're there to protect you. But the law also says that, hey, if you don't want these protections, no problem. We'll let you give them away in an employment agreement. We're not going to make you take advantage of your rights. And that's what an employment agreement often does. It takes away the rights you would otherwise have and either eliminates them or even potentially gives them back to the employer. That's why it's much better not to have an employment agreement because all that means is now you have the full rights under the law, the full protection of the law. And the phone number to reach out during uh, any other time, 604-283-3123. Get to uh, Tamina. Mina says, I've been on a medical disability leave for three months. My employer is putting pressure on me to return to work. They say that the business really needs me. I'm afraid that if I don't return, I won't have a job there any longer. Do you have any advice for me? I absolutely do. And obviously, it's it's nice to be needed and wanted, (sighs) and that's great. But it does not change the fact that when you're off on a disability leave, your main focus, your main job should be to get better, to do what you need to do to get better, and your company cannot interfere in that process. That means your company cannot make you come back to work earlier uh, before you're cleared uh, by your doctor. They cannot insist, and they cannot punish you or let you go because you don't come back when they want you to. The only one that can decide when you're ready to come back to work is your doctor. So if you're cleared by your doctor to come back to work, yes, you got to go back and the company has to make all efforts to take you back to the same job. Right. If the company doesn't do that, that's a wrongful dismissal. That could be a human rights violation. But until your doctor is ready to come to clear you, you don't have to worry about it. So Mina, I would simply tell your employer that you haven't been cleared, that you're going to keep them up to date, that you want to come back to work, and that you're going to come back to work as soon as you're able to. They cannot let you go because of that. They cannot punish you in any way. What they have to do is when you are ready to come back to work, maybe it's a month later, maybe it's a year later, at that time they have to assess their needs and make all efforts to take you back. That's it. It's as simple as that. So you're not going to be doing yourself any favors if you come back to work before you're healthy enough, before you're ready, more of a chance of you being sick again or getting hurt again. Not a good idea. Listen to your doctor. Tell the company exactly what I said, and if they put any pressure on you, if they terminate you, if they try to punish you in any way, you get on the phone and you call me. That's significant. That's illegal, and I'll help you. If you know, if if the uh, extended prognosis from your doctor, or at least your medical team, what have you, is say you're going to be off for six months or a year, how often should you reach out and update your employer? 
It's a very good question. I would say every couple of months. In an right. ideal world, every couple, if, if you're going to be off on an extended leave of absence, maybe it's uh, an injury, maybe it's another medical condition, every couple of months I'd like you to send a note to your employer letting them know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still getting treatment, I'm still hoping to get better. Uh, I'm, you know, just remind them that you're out there. Remind them that you're working and coming back to work. Maybe even provide a note from a doctor updating them about what's been happening. You don't have to tell them what treatment you're getting, but just that you, you're being treated, you're being evaluated, and hopefully you'll, you'll be able to come back to work at some point. So I don't want employees to go off on a long leave and forget about their employer. If you yeah. forget about your employer, they may forget about you, and that may cause difficulties when you're ready to come back to work. Remind them you're still there. Every couple of months is a good rule of thumb. Still time to call in, 604-280-9898 with your, uh, your questions or star 9898 on your cell. In the meantime, uh, Richard up next says, I'm about to leave my current job to take a position with a different company. This is a very difficult decision for me because I've been with this company for 10 years. What do I need to watch out for when I sign my new employment agreement? Smart man, smart question. Good thing yep. that he asked that question. Now, if he has a secure job and he's leaving, he doesn't, for example, want to start a new job just to be put on probation in that job. You know, we're talking with Kay before about being on probation. Why would you leave a secure job? You've been there for 10 years just to start another job and be on probation. So right off the bat, you want to make sure that there's nothing there about probation. The other thing you want to make sure is make sure that there's no language in there that limits your future severance entitlements. Again, why leave a secure job to start a job where you essentially have no job security because the company can let you go at any time and pay you almost nothing? Bad idea. So make sure there's no language limiting your entitlements. Very important. Maybe the most important. Also want to make sure that there's no language in the employment agreement that potentially allows the company to change your role, to change your compensation, to change your duties. Because if you have language like that, the job that you're accepting may not be the job you end up with. So bottom line is we have to review that employment agreement carefully. It's even more important if you're leaving a secure job to have that agreement reviewed. I, I give you some thoughts, but what I want you to do is when you have that job offer from the new company, I want you to send it to me. Let me review it. Let me tell you what's in it that you should worry about or what's in it that you should have in it. Don't just sign on that employment agreement. There's too much at stake. Now, uh, Richard didn't say whether he was induced to leave by this new company or if he's leaving on his own volition. If that's if he was induced, he should look out for prior service, right, as far as his previous 10 years. That should be recognized, no? Well, the reality is a new company is not going to explicitly recognize your past service, but at the minimum, right. what we want to make sure there's nothing that limits his entitlements. That will nice. still allow us to make the argument down the road that they should have to recognize the past service because they recruited him away, because they've induced him to leave a secure job. I want to move on to the uh, phone calls, which we love. Bill, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging on. How are you, Bill? Uh, not too bad. Yourself? We're uh, fantastic. What's your question? Uh, well, uh, in April, I get laid off from a company. Uh, my first record of employment said I would not be returning. Uh, then they revised it and sent another record of employment that said I would be returning. At that point, they also uh, sent me a check for, uh, I guess, uh, vacation pay at 4% for the time I was there. And I just received a call that uh, you guys were on the radio, so I thought I'd touch bases uh -huh. and see if so I Bill, should this actually was... have been getting severance. So, Bill, this was in April. Now we're in November. Yep. Have you been called back to work? No. 
Okay. No. Well, you've you've been terminated, regardless of what the record of employment says, regardless of even what the company wanted or thought that they're doing. You you've been terminated. You're absolutely owed severance. So let's get some more information. How long have you been with this company? Uh, two years. Two years. And what kind of a yeah. job, Bill? And how old are you? Well, I'm seventy nine years old. I was. Uh, they had my job title as purchasing agent, but actually I was taking salespeople out. It's uh, an elevator company. Okay. I was taking salespeople out and showing them through the elevators and teaching them how to, uh, you know, make the sales and see the condition of the uh, elevators. So, you Bill, know, here's uh, the thing. Uh, you know, the main factors are your age, your position, and the length of your employment. And at age 79, it's going to be difficult, I would expect, to find another position as a result of that, not only are you owed severance, you're owed probably right around six months' pay. Six months. I know you've only been there for two years. So mm-hmm. you've been wrongfully dismissed. You're owed about six months' pay. What I want you to do, Bill, is I want you to call me at the office or contact me by email. John here is going to give you that number. Let me help you get what you're owed. Six months' pay. You've been terminated, and those are your entitlements, and I would not sit on that. You should get what you're owed. Bill, nice uh, nice job calling in. Here is that number, 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123. I think we've got enough time to slide uh, slide Joe in here, get Joe on the line. Uh, Joe, thanks for uh, for hanging on there for a couple of minutes. How are you? Hey, Joe. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just had a quick question about um, sure. uh, uh, medical and um, notifying your employer and how often to keep in touch. Just building off of a couple of callers ago, but... Um, uh, if the person is on disability and you don't report back when the employer is required, what's what's um, is there any danger in maybe uh, not being covered under the disability the payments that the employer might make? So generally speaking, if you're on a disability plan, the employer is not necessarily the one paying for that. It's an there's an insurance company like your your Manulife, your Great West Life, one of those. Uh, insurance companies will be paying your benefits. So once you're unable to work, you should not be cut off from your disability benefits. You should be able to continue to be on those until you're cleared from your doctor. Now, sometimes the insurance company may ask your doctor's questions about your condition, and it is important that you provide that information because then you may be cut off uh, the, the disability plan. When I was saying about keeping in touch with your employer, it wasn't about being cut off disability. It's about maintaining your status as an employee. So there's two things, right? One is to get paid while you're off. And then the second thing is your status as an employee, which gives you the right to your job when you come back to work. So if you're dealing with an insurance company, if that insurance company cuts you off before your doctor says you're ready to come back to work, and by the way, Joe, that happens often. They shouldn't be doing that, but that happens often. You call me. We have a whole team at my firm just dealing with those issues exclusively. Very good. Very easy to resolve, actually. But if they do that, you reach out to me. And if your employer won't come, uh, won't let you come back to work, or says you've resigned, or or makes threats, then you reach out to me as well. But those should be looked at separately in terms of coverage under a disability plan and employment status. Those could be looked at and should be looked at separately. Joe, appreciate your time and your call. Nicely done doing that. Please reach out. As Lior said, they can cover that whole thing on the disability side as well. They have the manpower, the knowledge. 
and uh, the expertise, you want to reach out 604-283-3123. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, we mentioned a couple times tonight, and I'll throw it back out there one more time. If you want to use this and check it out on your own time, it's new, it's going to be large, and it is a really, really good stuff. It's called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's like having an employment lawyer in your pocket. And by the way, there is a section on disability in there as well. So you want to check that out when you uh, when you got some time. Reaching out, now that we're done for the day, 604-283-3123 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time on the Employment Law Show on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.